0: all right streaming live to you guys across our platforms welcome it's the financial friday excited to be back we took a week off we'll talk a little bit about that getting a little bit of break raymond how was your thanksgiving how was your time off that uh, we didn't get to do the show it was good
1: i missed everyone for not doing a show but yeah i spent some time with, with some family and i had some thanksgiving dinner uh so it was a great time to kind of sit back and relax a little bit for a week
0: Yeah, we talked about this a little bit. It was the first time I felt like we took a breather all year, right? And so uh, I got to spend some quality time with my daughter, my wife. It was fun. It was nice to uh, play a little bit of video games. Got a little bit of that in there as well. So nice and relaxing, but we're back. We're back today Uh, again. Welcome. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the D financial show. Uh, We've got a cool topic a topic that I could probably with Raymond talk uh, about for hours on end, because it is a staple, okay, of your financial, uh, uh, not just picture, but your groundwork, right? Mm -hmm. And that's budgeting. Okay, so we'll get uh, an idea there and talking about just all the different ways that you can approach budgeting. But of course, we're gonna simplify it for you we're also going to give you some suggestions about what tools are out there. Okay. Uh, And uh, there are plenty of tools nowadays, especially with all the apps, makes your life easier. But how do you use them? When do you use them? And I don't think people talk about that enough. Um, You know, when does it become applicable to you? We're going to cover all of that later in the show. All right. But before we get started, we're going to talk about not only just the market update, which we'll get into in just a second. So it's been two weeks since we've talked about it, it'll be nice to review that again, Raymond, but in terms of our disclosures, remember, our show is for education purpose only, we're not able to provide specific right financial advice to you through these channels. Uh, so what we're talking about is just general financial education. Uh, if that's something that you're interested in, reach out to us via our website, right, diversifiedcapital.com. Uh, in terms of Uh, anything that uh, we discuss about taxes, we're not tax professionals, we're not representing you at least as your tax professional. Uh, So any questions that come up from there, you're going to be wanting to reach out to your specific tax professional to do that. Same thing in regards to investments, right? We're not soliciting you to buy any form of investment. We're just trying to teach you a little bit more today, maybe not in today's conversation, but in our shows about how to think about investments themselves. All right. Well, we had Thanksgiving, right? We're headed into the close of the year. Yet, we are still seeing market highs. What's going on, right? Like, is no one afraid of, right, what happened with, or what's what we're seeing with, with COVID and the rise in cases? Like, what are, what are we really seeing, Raymond, that's driving some of this right now?
1: Yeah, um, just to quickly recap on today's, uh, or at least this week's returns, we had the <coughs> S&P 500 at about 1.8%. Uh, down jones is up about 1.2 percent and we also have nasdaq still beating the rest at around two percent this week so as alfred mentioned we, we're hitting all-time highs um and i think primarily it's going to be due to um just going back to the vaccines again right a lot of talks of that ending uh, november um was you know a couple of carriers now offering vaccines with 95 percent effectiveness right so that's starting to come in fruitation uh there's a lot of these companies that are trying to plan out their distribution um, before year-end, uh, so you know, they're hoping to get out about 100 million doses this year, but uh, I think just due to constraints, uh, it might be a little bit more in the half of that amount, about 50 million, uh, but they're still trying to plan for 2021 um, and try to get out about 1 billion doses, right? So that's definitely the light at the end of the tunnel uh, in terms of the market and for us um, as an economy to return back to some type of normalcy there, right? so. Uh, With this, you know, there has been some supply chain issues, but uh, we also still have the government working on a stimulus bill, um, more so the lighter amounts, right? So not much as what we saw back in uh, May or June of this year, but more so within like one trillion, still a lot, Uh, but it's been in the works for quite some time now, and hopefully they'll come to a decision fairly soon. Uh, one other item that, that drove the market up this week has been just the jobless claims, right? So the amount of the amount of people that have been applying for unemployment claims actually have decreased uh, this week. Uh, so the first decrease in a few time in a few weeks that we've seen. Um, so all you know, pretty good news uh, heading into the end of the year, uh, which is also driving the market.
0: Yeah, and 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 to your point, I don't, it feels like there's way more optimism right now, even though cases are are rising in in California, in particular, certain stay at home orders potentially coming into play. So there's there's some worry, I think, from a day to day perspective, but the market isn't seeing that the market's projecting in three, six, nine months that the vaccine is going to be out there that the uh, idea that we're going to be in some long term shutdown, the risk of that is dropping. And I think that's what we're really seeing. And, you know, on top of all of that, don't forget, we just had an election. Right. And I think some of that uh, the the uncertainty around it uh, is, is starting to fade. Uh, right. Biden is going to be our, our, our president and currently president elect. Right. And and in that situation, um, you know, we haven't talked about this in a while and, and certainly not on this show. But trade war, right. Trade war with China was a big deal uh, a little while back and was dominating headlines you know, I think the chances of uh, 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 of having a Biden presidency and a Chinese uh, China trade war is going to be low. So I think people are factoring that in as well. Uh, and then you also have to think about our, uh some of the, the people that he's going to uh, put into uh, the positions of power, right? And so you have uh, Janet Yellen coming back, right? Uh, she's going to be, uh, or she's nominated as a Treasury Secretary. Uh, you know, her and combining the current Fed chair, right, Jay Powell, I mean, that could be a pretty powerful combination for easier uh, uh, policies, right? Meaning keeping rates low, right? Keeping uh, money lending uh, um, you know, out to small businesses. And, and I think all of that is being factored in about why you're still seeing NASDAQ growth stock performing well. We've talked about that before. We've talked about why that is the case in our previous shows. So we won't dive into that, but you could see all these factors I think are playing a strong hand into why the markets are still headed towards the upside here. Right. So there's certainly reason for that. And hopefully, right, this little session here is giving you some idea of why that is the case. Okay. Um, you know, if you were to, to ask myself, and in, in terms of what I expect for the rest of the year. I think I expect a lot of the same thing. I mean, I, I expect a lot of optimism around the vaccines that that continues to push markets higher. Um, you know, even if day to day people are still do dealing with uh, uh, joblessness that, that the stimulus bill uh, hasn't gone through yet, even though they're trying to put a reduced one together that hasn't happened yet. But uh, you know, we're hoping for for better news around the stimulus bill and that can I think put more money into households, and and you know, which ultimately affects things like shopping during Christmas and all of that as well. Okay, so, you know, outside of the market, I think I'm just really interested and excited to get into the budgeting topic. Yeah. Right? Um, when we when we talk about budgeting, Ray, I feel like there's so much, not just misconception about it, but it's like, what are you trying right to do with budgeting? Am I trying to save? Am I trying to put automatic savings? Like, I think the goal of today, right, the goal of today, in talking about this topic is to say, how do we organize all the information that out that's out there, not just from us, I mean, from from all different sources, right? I will even quote some of those today for you guys to to hop on, because there are a lot of great resources out there. But but where do you start? And how do you start? Right? And so the first thing that we want to talk about maybe is to think about what are like some of the top pitfalls that we see in budgeting? Like in terms of thinking about budgeting, what are some of the the, the roadblocks that we tend to see? Raymond, right? I mean, give, give us some of your top uh, uh, pitfalls and roadblocks right? that that we've run across with clients.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's one of the first things that we work on with all our clients, right? Um, it's really the building foundation of where you're spending and what your savings ability is. So a lot of this is numbers, um, but you know, a lot of times when, when we first meet with clients, there's a lot of different types of clients, right? Whether they're excited to do a budget or whether they are scared to do a budget. Or just <laughs> yeah. do a budget right? So definitely receive all different kinds of clients. But, you know, it's, it's a really good exercise to be able to determine, you know, how much you're bringing in um, and how much you're spending. Right. I think the, one of the biggest pitfalls is that people are just afraid, right, to be able mm-hmm. to kind of stare down their budget and determine, like, hey, I'm spending too much um so it's good to reevaluate just where your expenses are going looking at the numbers you know if if the fact that you might be scared is probably an issue already that means you might be spending more um than you're bringing in uh but who knows right i mean there might be ways that when you see where it's going that you can really control it right or might have been a one-off thing but you don't really know until you look at your budget so That's definitely one of the pitfalls. Is just making sure that you are aware of your budget and being able to tackle it, you know, as
0: soon as possible. I I, I equate that Ray to like going to the dentist. Now, my wife, who hears this, is gonna kill me, but people are afraid to see her, right? Like people have anxiety to go to see her, even though they may know that they need to. Right? A lot of people need to you know, feel like, okay, if I'm not getting to where I am in my financial goals, right, and all of this, they feel like, yeah, I need to have a budget, but they're just afraid to start that. So I think that you're right, like, that's one, right? It's just, like, just scared of what you're going to find when you're looking at the budget, just like if you go to the dentist, scared of what my wife will find, right, if you haven't flossed every day, right? Like, that. that's definitely something that, that is there. Um, and I think to your point, right, that second part there is you know, um, you know, getting and establishing a budget um, and, and what you do from there. So once you've established like, the first part where you're ready to look at it, mm-hmm. what's the next pitfall that we tend to see?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, once we were able to look at the budget and determine if there's any savings ability or not, uh, it's really implementing that strategy. Right. Um, and this is a work in progress. It's not something that just happens overnight where, hey, you know, we're, we say that we can save $500. But we don't see it right away, right? It's going to mm-hmm. take some time for us to adjust, and that's important to understand, right? Uh, it's not something that we expect to happen overnight, and it's going to take time throughout the year for us to eventually readjust the budgets because mm-hmm. goals changes, expenses changes, everything you know, kind of changes in terms of pricing. So, yeah. uh, the next pitfall that we really see after implementing or creating a strategy is, you know, if we say that we are saving a certain amount, uh, and we are, right, uh, but our budget might be underestimated. Um, it tends to see people, you know, start to withdraw from their savings account again to be able mm. to cover those expenses, right? right? So, you know, if we are really saving $500, we're pushing it to the savings account, which is awesome. Um, but if that budget is not accurate and we end up spending that $500 again, we need to pull it back out, right? That's a common thing that we see. So, you know, trying to get over to the zero-based budgeting is something that we try to achieve. Is making sure that we're trying to at least break even, right? And from yeah. that point on. From there, determining what else can start to limit to get more of a savings ability to point. But yeah. spending within our means is just really that that big part here.
0: Well, and 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 I think you mentioned in that pitfall a really good like like idea, which is like where are you right in the budgeting journey? So so the idea of you threw out a term, right? Zero-based budgeting. What is zero-based budgeting? Well, it's the idea. Well, and and, and zero-based budgeting is is not necessarily a new term, by the way, right? Like it's it's a term used for corporate finance, uh, used in, in companies, right? In, in those cases, you're talking about, you know, building a budget from zero, right? Like every dollar needs to be accounted for. Okay, like, n- instead of saying what we have, you know, here's the dollars that we have, we say, okay, no, l- we, we wanna spend on this, this, and this, and you kind of build up. But in a, in a personal finance kind of application, zero-based budgeting is getting you to what Raymond said as the break-even, right? Knowing what income comes in, minus the expenses goes out, you want to be at zero. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not there, okay, that's okay, right? But talking about savings ability when you're not at zero-based budget, I think you're a little ahead of the game. Like, like we're, we're trying something that you're basically setting up yourself to not succeed. Because to Raymond's point, if all of a sudden I'm talking about using, and we'll talk about what apps are out there that can be helpful, but one of the apps out there helps you with automatic savings, it's called the guac app, right? Like they they use set up certain purchases from each purchase, you set aside five 10% of each purchase to go towards the savings account. Yet what if you're not able to save five 10%. And I think that's where the issue comes is, you haven't done the legwork yet to get to zero based budgeting, right. And so starting there will allow for you to hopefully avoid the second pitfall of putting money into a savings account, which feels good. But we want that feeling good to continue to last, right? Instead of having to pull that money back out, we want to make sure that whatever you put in stays in. Okay, so we're going to address that by talking about where you are in the budgeting journey, getting to zero based budgeting and how we do that. Okay. But all right, let's say that we're past zero based budgeting, meaning we know that we're able to save. But maybe we're not aware of where we are of how much we're saving. And even if we do start to save, right? If we do start to save, like, I think that final pitfall is losing motivation.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. And, and unless you have some, I mean, because, because it's easy, Raymond, to say, let me save for this new TV. It's easy because that, that saving says, hopefully I can do that in six months, a year. I buy the TV. Great. Right. It feels good. Mm-hmm. But that, doesn't set you up for long-term success in fact buying tvs and things like that hopefully it's part of your enjoyment and part of your lifestyle but but it doesn't set you up further necessarily for your financial goals yeah so having motivation to say me saving today helps me retire in 40 years 30 years 20 years whatever that number is that's a really difficult thing to do okay and i encourage you right in that situation to seek out some help, if you're ready, if you're ready for that step, if you feel like, you know what, I'm ready to, to talk about further savings, how how I can and uh, put money towards these longer term goals, talking to a financial planner in that case really does help because you can actually establish uh, what those goals are, quantitatively measure how you're achieving those goals and keep you motivated, okay? And I'm not saying in these first couple of steps where you're still establishing the budget, right, Uh, that you don't and can't use a planner, but we understand that sometimes resources are limited, right? So we're giving you these courses here through our stream to start building towards that, right. But again, I think in in that case, right, afraid to look at budget, trying to save before you are at break even, right, I think that that's one. And then of course, our last one is staying motivated for those longer term goals. I think those are things that are hard to find. Okay. and and I'm going to share right this I you know uh, the uh, idea with you around um, when when you think about right when you think about uh, what's gone on this year right, COVID hit,
1: yeah,
0: right when COVID hit, I think a lot of people became really nervous right about their own finances. In fact, I think while you might uh, believe that you know, the savings ability for a lot of people went down, what actually happened in 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 April was that the personal savings rate skyrocketed. And it skyrocketed to some 30 some odd percent when it's normally seven or eight percent. But that spike right showed that people have the ability to trim out things from their expenses to trim out things from their day to day spend and then start to prioritize what that spending looks like. Yet, the data shows that it's not quite sustainable to have that drastic of a change. Mm -hmm. And so we're not talking about today trying to make those drastic changes, even though we want to get to the end faster, which is to have these successful goals. But that data showed us that someone can trim off and create 10-20% more of a, a saving potential from their income. But things start to take a toll. If you've cut out coffee, if you've cut out gym membership, if you've cut out traveling, at some point, you do want to return to some normalcy and your 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 budget starts to get back towards normal. Uh, and I think that's where, right, you would want to evaluate. Like, Ray, what have you been talking about with your clients about yeah. sticking to COVID spending?
1: I mean, I feel like it's really been an eye-opener for a lot of clients, right? Even, even myself, I mean before COVID, I know one was really expecting this at all, but, you know, so much was on dining out, you know, alcohol and bars, shopping, um, which are definitely the most variable expenses that we see from our clients too each year, right? Traveling is a really big expense that, you know, not probably a lot of people did not utilize this year, mm-hmm. um, but that's something that's going to return, right? People who like to travel, um, they're going to be itching to go traveling when things go back to normal. Um, but those categories, like once again, like just food and dining, um, shopping, entertainment, those are things to have to watch out for when things go back to normal, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also goes to show that, you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people's cooking skills got better. <laughs> uh, mine did a little bit, but, you know, um, I also saw some of the clients kind of just transition some of their expenses, right? Instead of dining out, they're spending more on groceries now and cooking. But these are things that I feel like are important that clients can really sustain, right? And if they know how much that they're able to save during this kind of pandemic, um, if they can sustain at least a partial amount of this, that can be a good win, right? In terms yeah. of increasing your savings ability, but also understanding some of those expenses that can uh, be decreased each year. So Yeah.
0: And, and our other advisor said like, hey, like talk to, you know, think about like how easy it was to cut out a certain expense. Some are easier than others, right? But how easy was it to cut it out? And allows you to prioritize. Is that something I want back in my expenses? Once things get back to normal, is that something that I want to add back in? So unknowingly, again, you probably did change the way that your expenses were just to manage with the times that we were dealt with, right? And now use that to apply, right, towards 2021. Get yourself set up for success in 2021 by seeing what you really want to prioritize to spend and think, do I want to then put that in additional savings accounts, right? Do I want to be able to actually apply that towards my future goals? But we've talked a lot about, right, the pitfalls, right, what we've seen so far. But I think it's good to spend some time now in this last 10 minutes of our show talking about what you can actually do, right? Now, Nerd Wallet, by the way, great resource out there talks about what they think are the seven best uh, uh, financial planning. Well, I guess budgeting tools that are out there. Okay, some of which we definitely agree with, right? And, and in fact, their top one is is also our top one. We'll talk about that in just one second. But I think what these apps don't talk about yet, quite a, uh, uh, or, or sorry, these these websites don't quite talk about just yet, is how do you identify again where you are in this process of budgeting, right? So first getting over that fear of looking at your budgeting like being afraid of your own habits. That's a tough one, but if you can get past that, mm-hmm. right? The next step that you should be uh, going for is finding that break even. Forget about saving for one second, right? Like like budgeting doesn't have to equate to savings just yet. The next step is to say where is my break even? Even if you have a lot of a uh, uh, debt incurred, right, credit cards, all of that, it becomes extremely overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And in those cases, you have all these different places that you're trying to put money to. What I would dial first down is uh, to look at is to say, what's my income right now? All right, it's $2,000 a month. What are my expenses? So zero-based budgeting would say, we're going to tackle up, start tallying up all the things that you know you need. Well, rent is 1000 groceries is 200, you start adding all of that up, and getting to a point to say, here's what I'm currently not not necessarily what you want to spend, Mm -hmm. right? What you want to do is what you're actually spending. So you know what's actually going on. Right. And from there, you can find are you $200 underwater each month? Are you $500 underwater each month? And if you're underwater, then you do need to find a way to cut back, look at that budget and say, how do we reduce that? And getting to zero-based budgeting, right? Uh, The tools that we're gonna talk about, some of those that are out there, Mint, mint mint.com, probably the gold standard, right? The top one, they've been around forever. They're owned by Intuit, the guys who make TurboTax, right? Those guys are very successful in TurboTax. Everybody (laughs) uses it, right? They have this tool called Mint. I don't find Mint very intrusive in terms of ads. I think they've done a good job because there are some concerns around other apps out there that are free, but -hmm. the ads are just incredibly intrusive, right? And so Mint, I think from us is the top one to think about where you can utilize that not only to link all your accounts and aggregate all your accounts together, uh, but to be able to uh, go through and say, hey, you know what? uh here's all the income that comes in shows you exactly what that income looks like and then from there categorize your expenditures now what are some of the difficult parts about mint uh 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 raymond like what what have you seen like that would be the first response when when people start to use mint
1: yeah i think it's an awesome tool i mean i have it myself a lot of great notifications in terms of things you know keeping on top of alerts right if you're spending over a certain budget that you can set for yourself um but some of the, the kind of troubles that i've seen especially with other clients encountering it as well is just keeping it up to date to mm-hmm. be honest right uh, yeah. it's great in a way that you can sync your credit cards right they'll categorize your transactions for you based upon like groceries or entertainment for example but um at some points, there's gonna be some transactions that are not going to look familiar to their platform right um they do have their own ai in which case you know once you start to categorize them into the right category that they'll start to recognize it so that that is a great help but what we find over time is that you know in the beginning it's really exciting to kind of get your budget into place but going back in there to continue to re-categorize things and keep doing that over and over can get a little bit annoying there Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know that that's one of the things that i've heard from from clients and that i experienced myself too with mint
0: yeah and so that kind of overwhelming data. I think that's where sometimes mint can be a little distracting, but you can in mint, do the zero based budgeting. you can say, right, they have this item called net income, right? And you want your net income to be zero, right in this particular month, where uh, we're talking about zero based budgeting, that everything that comes in goes out, and it's been accounted for. Uh, And if you have a positive net income that month, that means you've established some level of zero based budgeting, and you can think about saving, but if you're negative in that network or sorry net income, then maybe you aren't there yet, we actually need to work on the budget itself, right, to be able to to uh, get to that point, right. But there are other ones like there's, for example, you need a budget, okay, Uh, Mm -hmm. every dollar, Um, both of those, I think, are very good tools to build this break even point, okay both of those have their fees associated with it. Okay, so you need to take a look at it. It's it's not a lot. But still, if you're trying to, you know, get to zero based budgeting, every dollar matters, right. And so maybe finding a free platform can help. But those are definitely apps that will help with this. Okay. Uh, and then there's some other ones like, you know, clarity money, good budget, right? We've heard very good things about those from our clients. Um, you know, but it could also start with a simple spreadsheet, right? Like if you're trying to create the first stab at this, then the tools that we talked about, especially the free ones like Mint, are helpful to maybe pull some data up, but maybe putting down, you know, paper, right, to pencil, actually writing down what my income is, what are some of the expenses that I'm seeing, and seeing if I'm actually in a net positive or net negative. Okay. Um, we also, right, personally, diversify capital, we realized that yes, all these apps are out there. Uh, but a lot of people do like to actually right, have something that's physical that they can touch that they can write some notebook. So starting now, right, we've actually worked very hard all year, we created a uh, daily planner that allows you to track your budget, we're gonna put a link to this to Amazon in our stream here at the bottom later. So you guys can click on it and check it out. But this uh, uh, product that we're launching is to try to continue to help provide education and tools to more and more people. Okay, And you can use this to really start not only tracking your budget, but thinking about a lot of Other tax or goals as well from from thinking about investments, taxes, insurance, real estate, like we actually try to put in what we think is simple and clear strategies uh, inside of the day planner, All right? Our founder, Nathan put a lot of time into building this. So when you have some time, check it out. Uh, In addition, if you buy the planner, you get access actually to one of our parts of our e-course that talks about budgeting and helping you through that. Okay, so again, check it out uh, in the link below when you have some time. But you can see right when we talk about budgeting itself, right, there's the actual aggregation tools. Right. And that helps you be aware. Right. It's a process of getting aware. But by no means us talking about it today are we saying it's easy. In fact, I think it's opposite. All the of all the financial planning topics that we talk about, Raymond, I think the most difficult one is probably budgeting. I agree. Yeah, uh,
1: it's something that gets revisited every single year, um, and it's something that also changes every year as well. So it does require some legwork, right, on ourselves to keep on top of this um, and try to maintain, right, a, a healthy savings ability um, and understanding our budget. And as Alfred mentioned prioritizing our goals right yeah. that's definitely important for future expenses that a lot of people might not think about quite yet right whatever your future goals are of buying a house or you know having kids or getting married like all of those come at a cost so um, by prioritizing goals and staying motivated you know it's, it's definitely something that i feel um it's important in your daily lives and uh really important to keep track of so
0: and 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 look this is the first one right uh that we talk about this is the first show that we're going to talk about in terms of budgeting but to your like the, what i said in the beginning we could talk about budgeting forever like more things about okay once we get into a, a break even how do we better utilize credit cards as a tracking system right there, there's so much to talk about right ask us in the questions if you're interested about this right we could, we'd be sure to to, to to answer give you some suggestions as well but the takeaway from today is again one getting over the fear of looking at your budget be a being uh, able to take that first step to say, Look, I'm ready to kind of create some good habits here. Okay. Number two, before you actually set up fixed savings into certain accounts, make sure that whatever you do put in is something that stays in, right, not creating a false sense of savings for yourself, because you're just rushing into the savings itself, right? Utilize the apps that we've talked about. We'll list it out as well in our, 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 our channel, talking about, you know, the ones that we've discussed in Mint, uh, you need a budget, right? Every dollar, which ones can be helpful in, in each situation, but establishing that break even first before you hit the savings. And then of course, finding your own motivation, right? Finding your own motivation to say, why am I saving? It's good to say, I wanna retire, But by when, how much do I need, right? Uh, If I have kids, I want to save, maybe for a certain account for them, right? How do I do that? These are the goals that you're going to want to to utilize and thus keeping you motivated to be able to continue to stay on this budgeting track, right? Uh Just because you fall off one month in terms of higher spending, forget about it, right, move on to the next one. Uh So consistency, just like everything else, right, is very key in this budgeting situation. Right. Awesome. So I think that uh, covers uh, the beginning part of our uh, budgeting session. At some point in our shows, I will come come back and, and talk more about maybe I want to call it advanced, just maybe another deep dive into how to better utilize something like credit cards. So we'll probably do a session about credit cards, points, how to think about that as well. Uh, in our next uh, DeFinancial Friday, right? So next Friday, we're actually going to be jumping in back into estate planning uh, with one of our guest that we're going to have on our show she's an estate planning attorney uh join us for that one because we're going to talk about uh, ideas around living trust how to best write a living trust things to think about when you do that and also talk about uh uh, uh you know proposition 19 uh, in california but just you know even if you're not in california uh, how some of those rules or thoughts about uh, that proposition can affect you um, and that has to do with inheriting property tax from real estate so those are all some estate planning and real estate related session so we're gonna have that next week and then headed into the break we've already got things planned out for you guys we've got a student loan session one coming up the week after next so that's gonna be a good one uh so much being talked about for loan forgiveness right Uh, We've actually got a student loan expert coming on with us the week after next uh, to chat about student loans themselves. All right. So thank you again for joining us on the stream. We love having you. Uh, If you're watching this on demand and still want to ask us questions, feel free to comment. We'll get back to you guys on that. Raymond, good to see you again on a Friday. And making sure we continue to get back on these shows as we head into the holidays as you can see, I'll put up some lights right here. We're going to keep the uh, holiday spirit strong on the show for sure. You can hear the Christmas music from your side already. Yeah, no, I'm going to maybe intro our show here with a little bit of Christmas music. But again, thank you, Raymond, for joining us. We'll see you guys all next Friday at 3 p.m.
1: Thanks, everybody. Have Bye. a good weekend.